Hello and welcome to another episode of Victor's Corner. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, one half of the Codex Prime podcast, and it is Tuesday, April 6th, 2021, and I am here holding it down this week uh, solo. Um, Carl, uh, he has decided to watch the WWE Hall of Fame uh, tonight, and uh, so I decided, hey, you know what, I'll just uh, hold it down for this week and uh, get into our main topic, which which we were going to discuss, which is Godzilla versus Kong, the fourth film in the legendary studio, legendary entertainment slash Warner Brothers monster verse, which came out this past Friday on HBO Max. So I'll be getting into that. Um, and also uh, my thoughts about the previous films uh, in the franchise. And also uh, some thoughts about um, NXT, Stand and Deliver, uh, NXT TakeOver, um, which is taking place on, uh, this pa- this Wednesday and Thursday. It's the first ever two-night uh, TakeOver event. And also, I'll get into my predictions for WrestleMania 37, which takes place this coming Saturday and Sunday, um, Saturday, April 10th, and Sunday, April 11th, um, at the Raymond James Stadium, which will be the first live wwe event which has which has uh which is going to be held since the initial lockdowns due to the covid 19 pandemic last march so you know and i'll, and I'll get into some, get into some other things as well um so yeah uh, thank you all uh for joining me this week um you know some some thoughts about uh godzilla versus kong um you know this 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 is a film that uh you know, well, actually, actually, let me go back. Let me go back a little bit. Um, I, uh, this this weekend, uh, this weekend, um, there was was I actually decided uh, to go back and watch all four films uh, in in the in the MonsterVerse. And you know, prior to prior to Saturday, I had never seen one film in the series. Um, and and I was like, you know, and and I, and I will admit, you know, I I slept hard on the uh, MonsterVerse films. You know, when Godzilla uh, came out in 2014, I just, I kind of dismissed it out of hand. I was like, well, well, you know, we had Godzilla '98, and I'm not huge into the kaiju uh, genre, so I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I didn't really, so I largely ignored it. Um, I, I also largely ignored Skull, Kong Skull Island, which came out in 2017, and I also ignored Godzilla King of the Monsters when it came out in 2019. So I decided, okay, leading up to Godzilla vs. Kong, why don't I just, you know, go back and start from the beginning? Let me start from the 2014 Godzilla and work my way up uh, to the uh, fourth fourth film in the main event, if you will. And um, I gotta say, man, you know what? So I'm gonna slap my own hand. Shame on me. Shame on me for sleeping on the MonsterVerse because I gotta tell you, man, yo, these films, these films are great. These films are so so exciting. These films are so entertaining, and I dare say I actually came away loving these films. Man, I I I wish that I gave them that I had given the MonsterVerse their due when they first came out. So. I'll start at the beginning, you know, with Godzilla 2014, which was directed by Gareth uh, Edwards, who directed a, another film called Monsters in 2010. And like that film, he takes a similar approach 
uh, to Godzilla, to the famous kaiju, where you don't see too much of Godzilla. You know, you always see like glimpses of his battles with the uh, Mudos, the uh, the massive unidentified uh, terrestrial objects, or the basically like the, the other big monsters um, that that ra that rampage and run roughshod over uh, the planet. And so Godzilla comes in to effectively save the day or save the planet, as it were. Um, I really, I really, I really did like his approach, uh, Gareth Edwards' approach to the Godzilla character, in that you only saw glimpses of the creature, and he focused it more on the human drama that surrounded uh, this big monster. And you know the, the and you saw that they had a really interesting cast. They had a Brian Cranston in it, uh, uh, Ken Wat Ken Watanabe, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, what what I really enjoyed about the first film, uh, Godzilla, was um, was how it was how it took it took its time in developing the building the world specifically like the effects the the human effects of having these ginormous monsters running you know roughshod all over the planet and and it was more more of like a um kind of like more of like a statement at, at the time of like you know man's you know humankind's you know continued you know, um, violation of our own planet, you know, in terms of pollution, you know, in terms of like, you know, overpopulation, you know, you, you know, constant exploitation and, you know, excessive use of resources and just, just how we just damage our planet every day and, and also like climate change. And so Godzilla is sort of like this, this titanic force, which is, which has come to collect the debt that humans, that humanity owes. And so, you know, Godzilla is this, is very much this this environmental avenging angel, as it were. And I thought that was a very interesting approach that it took because when you think about it, it does make sense because there is that sort of um, that social socio socio uh, soci sociological um, um, bent that the Godzilla franchise has always had since the very since the very first film. Uh, uh, in the 50s by Toho, where Godzilla was originally created as, you know, Japan's, you know, um, um, way of processing, um, you know, being being victims of the atomic bomb, you know, in, Hir in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And so Godzilla was very much like the embodiment of, you know, post-nuclear worries and fears that the populace of Japan had at the time, which was embodied in Godzilla. And so now you have that socio-political context of Godzilla, the original, and then you have this, and you have the today's socio-political context of, you know, environmentalism, environmentalism, climate change embodied in this gigantic lizard. And so the first film was actually was actually very well done. It was very well directed. And, you know, I, I, I was really I was really impressed with how it handled um, the creature and, you know, and how it took its time in building the action and also prioritizing the human drama um, in, in this in this huge ginormous uh, monster movie. So so Godzilla from 2014, definitely something that I wish I hadn't slept on, you know, when it came out, you know, in, back then. Um, but I'm glad I, that I had a chance to see it on HBO Max. And all, and, all, and all four films in the MonsterVerse are available on HBO Max. So having a chance to see it, I was very happy I did. Solid film. I'll definitely watch it again. And I really liked the world building 
uh, that it that it established um, in, in in the first film. Um, just looking at the comments here, uh, we have Tyrone Johnson, uh, the second welcome brother. Um, uh, yes, Carl got voted off the island <laughs> this week. Um, we also have another comic uh, commenter, uh, Inca King uh, Cespedes. Um, he says uh, uh, Carl is watching the WWE Hall of Fame uh, tonight on Peacock. Um, streaming. Uh, for those who have that streaming service, you can watch the WWE, WWE Hall of Fame, which includes the 2020 and 2021 class, one combined class, because there wasn't a Hall of Fame uh, ceremony last year because of the pandemic. Um, there was one. Um, um, there was one uh, Hall of Famer, uh, WWE Hall of Famer, who stepped down this year due to scheduling conflict conflicts, and that was Dave Batista. Um, who was gonna? Who was inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2020, but decided to step down because you know of scheduling conflicts, and he wanted to you know deliver you know a Hall of Fame speech in front of a live audience. So he'd rather be inducted when there's a crowd. So perhaps next year in the 2022 class, we'll see Dave Batista be formally indu inducted. Um, we also have John Haponic. Uh, in the comments here, uh, welcome, welcome, dear friend. Uh, he says uh, the movie uh, won't win an Oscar like the Suicide Squad. The sequel won't win one without the Joker. And he says no Oscars for Godzilla versus Kong. Well, you know, we don't, we don't know that. Uh, uh, it can certainly win for for visual effects um, or or be nominated at least. Um, so yeah, uh, my my thoughts on Godzilla. Uh, there's that. Uh, also. Uh, I watched Kong Skull Island, which was uh, directed by Jordan, and I hope I'm pronouncing his, his, his last name right, Jordan uh, Vote Roberts. And uh, this film, Kong Skull Island, which takes place in the 70s, so it's effectively a prequel uh, to the 2014 Godzilla, as well as King of the Monsters and, and versus Kong. Um, Kong Skull Island, you know what? I came away loving this film. I really loved Kong Skull Island. I loved this, the setting. I loved the further development of the Monarch um, Agency, which is the government agency that studies and that studies and follows all of these titans, all of these monsters uh, that are roaming the planet. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the 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 world building in this film, uh, specifically the presentation of Kong himself, who's uh, who's presented as very much the guardian protector. Of, of this of Skull Island and all of the uh, indigenous tribes of indigenous peoples of that of Skull Island worship him and you know get out of his way and you know revere him you know because Kong is the sole protector and also you have all of these wonderfully designed creatures um, which which really added to the flavor of the film from like this ginormous you know battleship sized water buffalo who's who has like these long these long horizontal horns and his and and its back its body looks like a small island so it's like you know full of grass and like moss but then when it rises from the water it's like oh shoot it's a water buffalo um there's also this like other cat other creatures like these like like this terrifying spider which has these long spindly legs legs that look like bamboo stalks but then when you look up, you see the can uh, uh, you look up the roofs, the canopy of the woods, you see this this horrific spider body and all these legs suddenly impaling people. And it's like, oh, shit. Um, there was like this other creature which looked like a which looked like a huge log, but it turned out to be like a like a ginormous stick bug. 
it, it, so like all these all these wonderful creature designs um i really dug it, it did remind me of a of like a modernized a uh, ray harry in film where instead of like you know like stop motion creatures you have like you know these wonderfully designed uh uh cg creations and and yeah like it, it really did have a flavor of the, those old ray, ray harry Housen uh, uh picture pictures from back in the day um where characters are traveling in these extraordinary worlds with extraordinary creatures um i really i really liked the cast in the film samuel l jackson plays the plays the main villain who who's very much the captain ahab uh, of that of that film and you know because the, the film takes place right after the vietnam war um sam sam jackson's character has you know sees kong as like his his white whale like his reason for being you know because america lost the war in vietnam and he decides well you know what i'm not going to go home with this taking holding this l i need to i need to have a purpose and i see kong as that purpose and i need to i need to conquer something i need to win something kong's going to be my kong's going to be the conquering my, my my reason for victory and so you see sam jackson's obsessive quest um tom hiddleston you know playing the playing the dashing uh, um you know mercenary character the archetype you know brie larson is there you know as as like the the plucky photographer um john c Riley, i really liked his character as as an american pilot who's been you know strand who's been stationed who's been you know, pretty much strand, stranded rather or marooned on that island for like 28 years so basically world war ii has long and has long since ended but he's been stuck there forever um it, it's just, it's just it's just a great film a full of full of wonderful set pieces some great action um the horrifying like skull-headed uh bird-like creatures that haunt that continue to terrify kong and the the human characters in the film um just like the the 70s of flavor of the film it's very much apocalypse kong um if, if you will it, it's 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 a wonderful film i really i absolutely loved kong skull island An again another film that i wish i didn't sleep on when it first came out um it's i i, I will say of the four films in the monsterverse I, i'll probably say that kong skull island is my favorite it's probably probably my favorite right next to the third film which i'll talk about uh in a moment but yeah kong skull island wonderful film um great setting i really liked the further development of um, the monarch organization which is like the glue that ties all four films together um it, it just it's just it's just a wonderful adventure film um, i highly recommend it um definitely a, a good follow-up uh to the 2014 godzilla film and so right after that is my is uh, my other favorite film in the series, which came out in 2019, and that's the sequel to the 2014 Godzilla film, Godzilla King of the Monsters. And man, wow, this film, <laughs> oof, this one, this film directed by Michael Doherty. Um, this this film, and and I think Michael Doherty himself uh, made this uh, comparison. He he says that he likens uh, King of the Monsters to Aliens as um as much as the 2014 godzilla is alien directed by ridley scott so much like alien and aliens before you know alien was the more was the more you know slow building horror uh horror uh thriller um aliens was more of the horror action uh set piece film and that's very much that's very much the case with king, king of the king of the monsters uh king of the monsters being a much more action driven film um 
but also further building um, the MonsterVerse and the whole Monarch organization. Um, King of the Monsters was a complete thrill. I I was I was so I was just so excited watching it. Uh, I was just grinning from ear to ear, you know, just seeing um, all of the classic uh, kaiju uh, that we've seen in, in the original Godzilla films, or that we've seen, you know, in popular culture, such as King Ghidorah, the three-headed Hydra monster, um, Mothra, which I thought was a wonderful inclusion, uh, Rodan, the, the, the volcano fire-based uh, dragon, um, and you had like some other other titans as well um in, in this film you know godzilla very much seen as the protector of of earth you know you, you know very much still leading leading more into you know godzilla being like this environmental um guardian and protector of earth while while us humans are basically you know trying to be trying our best to be like the stewards of of our of the planet as well um lots of great set pieces um the just just thrilling from top to bottom just like from the battles between godzilla and rodan to you know mothra um just 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 absolutely wonderful um uh, for me for me i i give it a I give, it's for me it's a five-star film you know i i really enjoyed it i loved it as much as i loved kong skull island so king of the monsters uh definitely a definitely a wonderful film that i was very happy to see uh this past weekend and which which all of which leads me to the fourth film uh and newest film in the franchise which also opened in theaters uh this weekend as well and we're talking about godzilla versus kong two alpha titans going head to head man um, this one directed by Adam Wingard. Um, let me see, who does it star? It stars Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Julia, Julian Dennison, uh, Lance Reddick, Kyle Chandler, and Demian Bashir, as well as Shun Oguri and Elsa Gonzalez. Uh, this film, Godzilla vs. Kong, um, basically, uh, basically, a uh, you know, there's Damien Bashir. He 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 leads this um, this cybernetics organization called a corporation called the Apex organization, and they're creating a mysterious weapon um, used that that's designed uh, with with uh, battling the kaiju in mind, uh, specifically to be humanity's uh, primary defense against the big the big titans, uh, Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla is incensed because he's sensing he's sensing something's wrong, and he's laying waste to, to cities in seemingly unprovoked attacks. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Kong is being transported away from Skull Island, and um, and uh, one of the characters, uh, played by Alexander Skarsgård, he's looking for he's trying to uh, confirm his own theory of the of the Hollow Earth. So in other words, he believes that that within the Earth's core there is a hollow Earth. So like this, like this, this land within this planet within the planet, essentially, where he believes that, that Kong and and Godzilla and all these other titans have originated from. And so, and so uh, while while Kong is being transported, Godzilla sees uh, his uh, his uh, primate titan um, contemporary. And he doesn't like the fact that there's another uh, Titan um, in in his in his midst, 
And so we see Godzilla and Kong throw down. Uh, not once, not twice, but, you know, three times in the film. And, and I will say there is a definitive winner between Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I really, I, oh man, I mean, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I can't really do, do much justice in describing, uh, the action, but I will say that if, if, if you're a fan of, of action, if you're a fan of these kaiju characters, if you're a fan of Godzilla, if you're a fan of King Kong, if you're a fan of both, then you do owe it to yourself to watch Godzilla versus Kong because man, it will not disappoint you. These two Titans throw down. And uh, the, this film does live up to the hype, and I I really liked the um, I really liked how the, the how the fights the battles between these two kaiju were staged. Um, it's just absolutely incredible, just full of just full of glorious destruction, um, just 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 beautiful. It brings a tear to my eye. It brings a tear to my eye, and you know if I was and you know I will say if I was a kid. You know, watching this for the first time, I'd probably declare this as like my, my favorite film of all time, next to Star Wars. <laughs> but but yeah, man, um, Godzilla versus Kong, I I absolutely loved. Um, I will say, uh, ranking ranking Godzilla versus Kong along with uh, the the previous films in the MonsterVerse, I will say. You know it's kind of hard. They're very they're very close. I I I'd probably say like maybe Godzilla King of the Monsters and Kong Skull Island. They're probably like one and two. Like I probably switch either one of them depending on the mood. And then I'd put um I would put Godzilla versus Kong as number three, and then Godzilla as number four. Um, but again, you can make the case for any any one of these films. Um, I I will say with with um godzilla versus kong it just like just like the previous films um it it really does lean into um the 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 use of metaphor where it, where it, where it presents kong and godzilla and all the and, and the other titans that are seen, seen in the film as very much like the very much like tangible or elemental like gods the the gods that, that walk among us you know um I, I really, I really, lo I really appreciated um, Adam Wingard's uh, presentation of of Godzilla and Kong, and as as like as like these these titanic gods that walk among us in much the same way as Zack Snyder uh, presents the uh, presents the Justice League, because when you watch you know Zack Snyder's Justice League especially, you see you know Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman and Flash pre as presented as these these like larger than life figures, you know, that who, who, in whose presence that we should just stand in awe, just in complete awe in. And, 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 and also too, um, interestingly, and, and, and I'm, and I'm also uh, quoting, um, well, uh, uh, referencing a uh, Matt Zoller, uh, film critic, Matt Zoller cites, cites his uh, review from RogerEbert.com, uh, much like him, you know, I also think of when I watch Godzilla, when I watch Godzilla versus Kong, I also think of um, Terrence Malick's film, The Tree of Life. And you might be, I mean, and, and you might be thinking, man, that's a, that's a really strange, far out comparison. How do you compare uh, a, a, an excellent art film, a thoughtful art film, a tone poem to to uh, a film where you see like two big, 
two big creatures, a giant lizard and a giant gorilla going at it. Well, you know, if you if you ever if, you, if you've ever seen uh, the Tree of Life by Terrence Malick in 2011, uh, there's this there's this breathtaking and just beautiful sequence where Terrence Malick takes us uh, from suburban Texas in the 50s, where he's focusing on this family, to the cosmos. And we're seeing like what's what's what appears to be like the birth of the universe, the birth of creation, if you will. And we're seeing, you know, vast scenes of like nebula and uh, star systems and planets and, you know, set to like this beautiful ethereal operatic music. And what I loved about that sequence in the Tree of Life is that, you know, for it, it illustrates that, you know, for all of our problems and worries and fears and you know hopes and dreams that that are that are certainly monumental to us you know every day you know as we're as we're dealing with life in real time you know it, all of it the the human experience all of our collective and personal experiences just are just completely dwarfed and are just are just a tiny a tiny figment of a figment of a figment in the grander picture in the grander context of the cosmos, of the universe, of you know, of existence itself, and you just have to stand in awe at our place in 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 existence itself, in, in life itself, in the universe itself, and you wonder, okay, what does it all add up to? But at the same time. You know, we still got to, you know, do it, you know, we still do it needs to be done. We still have to live our lives. And so much like in the tree of life where we have to marvel at our place in, in the cosmos, we, we too as humans have to marvel at our place in a world where we have to coexist with these walking, gigantic, ginormous lizards and, and gorillas and, and mammoths and, and, and flying dragons. Uh, who are very much the guardians of our planet who walk among us, you know, who, who will, who will come down and say, Hey, you know what, you know what humans, you're, you're, you're destroying the planet and we got to put you in your place. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a humbling, it's a humbling thing to, to, to really consider, you know, because, you know, much like how Ken Watanabe, you know, st stated in, in the Godzilla film in the first film, you know, you know, mankind has an arrogance, is so arrogant to believe that we can control nature instead of the other way around. And so with the presence of Godzilla and Kong, when we're seeing them, you know, do battle, it's like, wow, man, we, we you know, this, this, it's their planet and we're just living in it. And we better take good, we, we better take much better care of our world because this is, this is the only world we have. And if we don't, then you know we got to answer to um, the, the the ginormous lizard with the with the atomic breath. So so that's so that's what so you know much like Matt Zeller cites, I also you know you know kind of made that connection between the Tree of Life and Godzilla versus Kong. So you know you know Godzilla versus Kong, you know overall an epic film. You know just 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 good solid blockbuster filmmaking. I absolutely loved it. Um, I will definitely see it again, along with the other previous films in the MonsterVerse. Um, I don't know what what the next film uh, has in store, but I do. But I am I am eagerly waiting to see how 
what the next film will bring. Uh, perhaps the next film will will take place in the hollow Earth, you know, the the, the planet within the planet. Uh, maybe maybe we can see more of that world uh, being explored. Um, I'm thinking that there could be other uh, kaiju uh, that have that we have yet to see um, in in this in this iteration of the Godzilla Kong universe. Um, more modernized takes of the previous creatures that we've seen in the original Toho films. Um, but yeah, man, man, the, the, the monster verse, you know, Warner brothers, legendary entertainment, you know, take a bow, you know, y'all, y'all are doing some really solid work here. And, you know, I'm excited to see what's next in this, uh, monster verse franchise. So, so yeah, there it is. Godzilla versus Kong, you know, it, it's, you know, if 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 you're if you're a fan of action films, see them. Uh, let me know what you think um, in in the comments below. So yeah, that's so yeah, that's my take on that. Um, <clears throat> some other uh, some other some other stuff uh, I've been up to. Um, I've I've um, you know I've 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 actually you know occasionally I go on Twitter. You know, uh, and you know, I actually go on Twitter every day. You know, it's been just to see what's what's trending. You know, out of boredom, and um, you know, much like last year, much like last year when we had uh, when I when I uh, you know shared my thoughts on perhaps the uh, most um, infamous or shall we say uh, most notable music video of last year, which was Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's WAP. Um, this uh, th uh, this this past week, we have seen a, a rather notable music video, which has garnered a lot of controversy and a lot more praise. And I'm I'm happy to see it too. It's a music video by Lil Nas X. It's called Montero, Call Me by Your Name, and it's a video in which uh, Lil Nas X uh, rides a, a stripper pole down to hell, and he gives the devil a lap dance. Before right at, right before uh, snapping his neck and taking his horns and becoming uh, the devil himself, I guess. Um, I, I I really I, I saw the video multiple times and I really enjoyed it. I I am I am here for every single frame of it. Um, all of these all of these uh people these 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 weird conservative homophobic Christians who are denigrating the video, you know, saying that oh it, it's filth it's filth floor and filth and blah blah blah. It's, it's it was almost somebody think of the children. Okay. First of all, shut up. And number two, I really liked uh, Little Nas X's explanation of the video, saying that, hey, you know what? He's for for his whole life, he's dealt with, you know, homophobic people who have been, you know, who've been judging him and you know, condemning him for his sexuality. They're all, you know, these same these same fools are telling him that, you know, oh, he's gonna go to hell. And he says, hey, well, you know what? Since you're saying I'm going to hell, you know what? Okay, all right, fine. And then he made the video, which was cool, which is super cool, visually, visually eye popping. And I guess the conservative Christians are like, oh, well, 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 you're, well yes, yes, you're going to hell, but, but not like this. No, no, you're having a good time. <laughs> so it's like, well, sh well, just, just, just have a, have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. Okay. You know, I, I, I really, I, I really like, I really appreciate, appreciate the fact that, that this video has received a lot of praise. And, and it's and and it's come a long way because you know as as a hip hop fan and also as a you know as a straight dude, you know you know I I have to admit that you know hip hop has has never hasn't been for the longest time, 
has it been the most inclusive genre when it comes to you know LG, our LGBTQ peers? You know, you can point to, you can throw a rock, and that rock can ricochet across like three to five different homophobic ass songs, which have which have dropped from back from way back in the day. Um, and and you know, so to see to see this video, uh, Montero call me by your name, and this song, which absolutely slaps, by the way. You know, it's it's on my it's on my regular rotation. Um, Yo, I'm I'm here for it, and you know, big big ups to Lil Nas X for this video, um, and and if this video can help, you know, can encourage like other, you know, other L our fellow LGBTQ peers who may who might be dealing with you know family members and and other people who are trying to ostracize them for who they are, you know what? Well, hey, let this video let this video be a positive and affirming and empowering statement, shit, because. You know what? You know what? if people ain't got the balls, if the people ain't got the stones to accept you for who you are, then fuck them. You know what? Because you you don't need the, you don't need their approval at the end of the day. So yo, yo Montero, call me call me by your name. Dope video, dope song. I dig it. I'm here for it. You know what? Much like much like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. You know what? We're here for empowering. You know, sexually charged songs that you know that are that are about that are about you know. Hey, we're here. And it, and it's all good, you know. Life 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 is worth living, man. You know why why be closeted? So, I'm here for it. It's is dope. Check it out if you haven't heard it yet or seen it. Um, so there it is. Um, also also too um on on that same note um one of one one of my favorite YouTubers um Leon Thomas who 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 runs this um YouTube channel called Renegade Cut. Um, he ha he just came out with a video today, which 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 says which is entitled "We Should Talk About the Devil," in which he talks about the Lil, Lil, Lil Nas X video and and uh, contextualizes it in um, the the history of the devil character in terms of like religious lore and how actually misinterpreted the 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 character of the devil or Satan is um, across different re religious texts. So it's a very interesting video. So check it out, Renegade Cut. We should talk about the devil. It's his newest video on his YouTube channel. So uh, yeah, moving on. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the program, uh, this week, this week is a major week for professional wrestling fans. Um, this uh, tomorrow night on Wednesday, April seventh, we have NXT Takeover, Stand and Deliver, uh, which is the first uh, two night takeover events that we're going to see. And it's going to be it's going to stream live on the peak on NBC's uh, Peacock service. And uh, night one is also going to uh, be broadcast simultaneously on the USA Network. So if you have the USA Network, you can see the first night uh, uh, tomorrow night as well as stream it on Peacock. Um, if, if if you are watching it on Peacock, there will be no commercial breaks, so all of the matches will be will be uh, will 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 continue to progress during commercials. If you're watching it on the USA Network, so do keep that in mind. If you do have uh, both, if you do have the streaming service and as well as the you know the USA Network, um, so I do have some predictions uh, for NXT uh, uh, Stand and Deliver for two nights, as well as predictions for WrestleMania 37. Uh, this weekend. Um, now, uh, I know Carl has shared some of his predictions, but um, he I think he's only shared uh, part of his predictions for WrestleMania uh, 37. So I'll share Carl's predictions for Stand and Deliver. 
as well as mine as well. And so, um, as uh, and much like a previous, um, much like previous uh, wrestling events where where we would predict events along with our uh, our uh, fellow fellow uh, podcast peeps, the UWO. Um, we're going to have a, a Carl has a wager idea. This one's going to be much less painful. So there's going to be no uh, hot sauce involved this time. Um, so you can breathe easy, UWO uh, members, if you're watching. Uh, so Carl's wager idea is um, whoever has the most correct picks uh, will win this whole contest. And the loser has to watch and review a movie of the winner's choice. Hmm. Because mm, I I have I have a I have a handful of films that that I'll have Carl watch um, uh, in my and I'm sure I'm sure that he'll like them uh, he'll have no choice but to like them so moving on um, I'm gonna share uh, uh, Carl's predictions as, as along with mine for NXT Stand and Deliver on night one. And so for night one, we're going to see the NXT Women's Championship uh, uh, defended uh, by Io Shirai, who's going to be taking on Raquel Gonzalez. Um, uh, Carl and I have the same prediction. We both predict that Raquel Gonzalez is going to is going to walk away as the NXT Women's Champion. I think that's going to I think I think that's the that's the right call because I, I think it's time to take the belt off of Io Shirai because I really can't think of anybody else who can take the belt off of the uh, off of Shirai at this at this point you know Shirai has held the belt since I believe last May or last June at TakeOver In Your House where she pinned Rhea Ripley and also beat Charlotte Flair to win the NXT Women's Championship she's had a terrific run um with some with some really good matches um but I think it's time for Io Shirai to step aside and let Raquel Gonzalez uh, take the reins as the next women's champion. And keep in mind, Raquel Gonzalez also pinned Io Shirai at the NXT War Games women's match uh, last year as well. So that is that is some foreshadowing that has already been established. So Raquel Gonzalez, she's going to be the next NXT women's champion. Uh, for the... Uh, NX, for, for the NXT Tag Team Championships, we're going to see a triple threat match between the uh, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winners, MSK, uh, the team of Wes Lee and, and Nash Carter, versus Grizzled Young Veterans, Zach Gibson and James Drake, versus Legado Del Fantasma, the team of Raul, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde. Now, uh, Carl, Carl predicts that MSK is going to win this match. Um, I predict that Grizzled Young Veterans is gonna are gonna walk away with the tag team belts. I think that um, the uh, Grizzled Young Veterans should walk away with the belts because keep in mind, uh, Grizzled Young Veterans (GYV) they've lost two consecutive uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic uh, tournaments uh, this year's and last year's. So, and MSK, I think for them the money is in the chase. I think for them, their big win is the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which which was an astounding match, by the way. If you haven't seen their match between between MSK and GYV, please go out of your way to see it. Um, I think that yeah, for for MSK, the money is in the chase. Grizzled young veterans Gibson and Drake, they need these belts more than more than um, Legado del Fantasma and, and MSK. So my prediction is Gibson and Drake will be your next NXT Tag Team Champions.
Next match, we have a six-man gauntlet eliminator uh, to determine the, the number one contender for the NXT North American Championship, uh, which will take place. The match will, which, which will take place at night two. So the winner of this match will take will take uh, will take on Johnny Gargano. Uh, for the NXT North American title. So we have uh, Leon Ruff versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis versus L.A. Knight, the former Eli Drake. Um, for this match, um, Carl predicts that Cameron Grimes will win this match. And, you know, I think I, I, I like Cameron Grimes. Um, I think that my prediction, and, it, and it's a solid prediction, but my prediction, I'm going to go with Bronson Reed. Because um, I, I think Bronson Reed is going to win this match. Um, look, because looking at the, looking at the lineup here, Leon Ruff, you know, he's, he's, he won the, he won the North American title before he beat Gargano in that fluke win many months ago. So I don't think he's going to, he's going to two Um, Isaiah Swerve Scott, um, solid athlete. I don't think, I just don't, I don't see him winning this match though. Uh, Cameron Grimes, you know, he's, he's, uh, he can, he can definitely make a solid mid-card champ, but I wouldn't, I know, I, 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 I would not be opposed to him winning, but I, you know, he's not my pick. Uh, Dexter Loomis, you know, Dexter Loomis, you know, with his, with his, with his creepy stalker gimmick, I think he's a, he's a type of wrestler that doesn't really need a championship. He doesn't really need to be in any kind of title picture. Just his imposing, you know, creepy presence is enough. And then you have LA Knight. Um, LA Knight, uh, I think I think LA Knight could be a solid mid-card champion down the line. I don't think it's his time yet. He's got to, you know, we got to rebuild him back up uh, for the NXT audience. You know, he he is he is a, he is a very good athlete. If you've seen his work in NWA when he was Eli Drake, you know that the man can definitely cut a promo. Um, I think that you know LA Knight needs a little more seasoning, you know, before he can really before he can really you know see like see him as like the strong, you know, solid mid-card hand uh, and charismatic uh, figure that he is. So yeah, Bronson Reed. Uh, Bronson Reed, I, I I do like how he's been how he's been steadily built in NXT. You know, he's had some he's had, he's had, he has a good win loss record. Um, you know, he he definitely has a likable presence to him, and he's and he can definitely be a good a good uh, contrast to Gargano's smarmy heel. So I can definitely see Bronson Reed winning this six man gauntlet eliminator and going on to beating Gargano in night two. For the NXT North American Championship. So that's my prediction. Uh, next match, we have Walter defending his NXT UK United Kingdom Championship against Tommaso Ciampa. This is the match I'm most looking forward to this entire WrestleMania weekend. Um, well, that next that next to Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. But this match, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most in the uh, in the in the NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver. Um, I think Tommaso Ciampa and Walter are gonna are gonna tear the house down. They definitely have they definitely have the ability and the means to do, to do so. Um, Carl's prediction is that Walt is that Tommaso Ciampa is gonna is gonna be the next UK champion. A bold prediction, but my pick is gonna be Walter. 
Uh, Walter, he's been he's been champion for over seven hundred days. He's been champion for for two years now. I think he surpassed Pete Dunne's uh, record as NXT UK champion. So Walter, um, is it's gonna be a chop fest. It's, it's, I, I predict I predict I predict that this match is gonna be just as violent and hard hitting as Walter's match with Ilya Dragunov at last year's uh, NXT UK match last October. So my prediction is that it's going to be a hellacious war. Uh, Carl's going with Champa. I'm going with Walter to retain. Uh, next match, we have Pete Dunne versus Kushida. Uh, Carl and I both agree we're going to pick Kushida to win this match. I think Kushida definitely needs a big win uh, following his loss against Gargano at the previous uh, TakeOver show. Um, I really wanted Kushida to win the North American Championship, but for some reason, uh, the, um, the booking decided to stick with Gargano to retain. So I think Kushida needs, needs some big wins to get him back into the title picture. So Kushida is going to beat Pete Dunne. Uh, tomorrow night, and that's my prediction as well. Uh, for, for night two of NXT TakeOver, we have Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. Um, I believe uh, Carl has predicted that, yep, Carl, Carl says that Karrion Cross is going to win. I, I, too, also say that Cross is going to win. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Cross, he, he, he has to win just, to, just so he can, you know, get back on the title, get back in the title hunt in the title picture and actually have a proper sustained reign as the NXT champion. Because if you recall last year uh, in his match against Keith Lee, Karrion uh, Cross did defeat Keith Lee to win the NXT championship last summer, but he separated his shoulder and had to forfeit the championship after four days. So I think that Karrion Cross is going to, you know, pick up where he left off give Finn Balor a run for his money, and ultimately reclaim the NXT Championship. Next match, we have an unsanctioned match between Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, two former Undisputed Era buddies. The Undisputed Era is no more. Um, this is going to be a great match. If you've, I mean, if you've seen, if you know the history between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, these these two are no strangers uh, to fighting each other. Um, they, they, in particular, they they've had one match where they fought for the um, uh, Ring of Honor World Championship, and I believe the pre-show of 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 Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago. Um, um, Carl predicts that Kyle O'Reilly is going to come a triumphant in this contest. I too predict that Kyle O'Reilly is going to be Adam Cole. It's going to be a great match. It has definitely a strong potential to be match of the a match of the year nominee. Um, I think Kyle O'Reilly. He's he has absolute. He has he definitely has what it takes to be like the next major single star in in the black and yellow brand. And uh, I think I think by by year's end, I pr- I predict that we're going to see Kyle O'Reilly as the new NXT champion. I think that he's going to eventually uh, maybe beat Karrion Cross for that belt. So after Cross has his has his monster run, I think Kyle O'Reilly is going to be the one to dethrone him ultimately. So you know we'll see. But my my my, my prediction, much like Carl, is that uh, O'Reilly is going to beat Cole. Uh, next match we have the uh, ladder match. To determine the NXT, well, to determine the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion, uh, Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar. Uh, Carl predicts that, 
Devlin is going to win this match. I, too, also predict that Jordan Devlin's going to win. Um, rem- uh, remember, um, Jordan Devlin, uh, he actually he won uh, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship last year in February at the NXT NXT UK Worlds Collide show in a Fatal 4-Way match. Um, but due to COVID, uh, Jordan Devlin was stuck in the UK and he could not defend the Cruiserweight Championship. So NXT shortly thereafter uh, created an interim Cruiserweight Championship tournament, which uh, Legato, which um, Santos Escobar won. So, so Escobar has been the stateside interim Cruiserweight Champion. Jordan Devlin has come to the States to say, to say that, hey, I'm the real Cruiserweight Champion. So these two are going to go head to head. And I think that we're going to see Jordan Devlin, the Irish ace, uh, come triumphant and win both belts and uh, claim his rightful place as the undisputed uh, Cruiserweight Champion of NXT. And then lastly, for the NXT uh, uh, TakeOver, uh, Stand and Deliver, we have the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defending against The Way, the team of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Um, Carl Carl predicts that uh, LeRae and Hartwell, The Way, will win. Uh, My prediction is that Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart will retain. you know, with the um, you know, I'm still, I'm still, you know, with the NXT women's women's tag team titles, um, I'm not, a, I'm not too, I'm not opposed, uh, to the tag to the inclusion of a tag team, uh, women's tag team division, uh, but, you know, when you have the the WWE women's tag team championships, which were originally designed to float from brand to brand to brand, you know, I mean. I mean, I mean, I mean, to have to have a second set of tag team to, to tag tag team belts, you know, you can you can you can go either way with that. But for me, you know, ultimately, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, I think that the the NXT w- women's roster is definitely stacked. It's definitely deep enough to warrant uh, the tag team tag team belts. But I think that Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart should retain, so that way they can you know continue to give those belts added added credibility and weight rather than hot potatoing from one team to another. Yep, so, th- so, th- so those are my predictions for NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. And um, moving on to WrestleMania 37, which is also a two-night WrestleMania event. It's the second WrestleMania event to, to spread across two nights. Uh, this one will take place at, the Ray- at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, which was the same arena that uh, WrestleMania 36 was originally going to take place in, but due to COVID, it had it could that could not happen, so it had to take place at the Performance Center, and shall we say, uh, the most unique-looking uh, WrestleMania event in history. So, but now this is going to be the first event where it's going to take place in front of a live a, a large live crowd, and that's going to be something to see. So. With WrestleMania Night One, uh, we have uh, seven matches um, here. So my predictions are as follows, and I'm pulling up Carl's predictions as well because he he only sent the predictions for uh, Night Night Two. So I'll share his, but I'll share my predictions for Night One for WrestleMania. Uh, for Night One, uh, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship: Sasha Banks defending against Bianca Belair. For me, there's only one outcome. Bianca Belair has to come out victorious. She's going to be the next women's champion. Um, she won the Royal Rumble. 
I think I think Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, they're going to have one hell of a match. I believe that Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair should main event night one. Um, it's because, you know, to, to see two black women main event WrestleMania would be absolutely awesome. And you have two great athletes going head to head. So Bianca Belair, you know, she's she has championship she has championship material top to bottom. So she's, she's going to walk away as, as a next champion, bar none. Uh, next match, we have Bobby Lashley defending his WWE championship against Drew McIntyre. Um, you know, as much as, I, as much as I would like to see Bobby Lashley retain, uh, my prediction is that Drew McIntyre is going to walk away victorious uh, as he as the WWE champion. Um, I think the reason why is because, you know, Drew McIntyre, I think WWE wants to give Drew McIntyre his moment to win the WWE championship in front of a live audience because we, we were robbed of that when he beat Brock Lesnar at last year's WrestleMania 36. So now to see Drew McIntyre conquer Lashley, the almighty, and win win back the WWE Championship would be awesome, um, just so we can get that crowd reaction that he was missing last year. Um, also, um, I, I also believe that uh, their match should be the first match, the opening match that we see in night one of WrestleMania, because I think that because, because we're, you know, because, you know, people are getting vaccinated and, you know, uh, wrestling events, wrestling events are starting starting to incorporate bigger crowds again. I think that the opening match of WrestleMania is going to be a coveted spot. So to see people come out for, and get that first crowd reaction for the first time in a year, in in, in over a year, is going to be monumental. So I think that to see Lashley and McIntyre come out to those crowd reactions is going to be absolutely vital and it's going to set the tone uh, for this pay-per-view. So McIntyre and Lashley should open night one and McIntyre should win uh, back the, the championship as well. Uh, next match, we have a tag team match, uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. Uh, my prediction is that uh, uh, Bad Bunny and, Mor and um, Priest are going to win. Um, you know, you know, Bad Bunny. You know, he's he's been he's been a featured player uh, for the past couple months. So it's only fitting that he wins and beats the Miz and Morrison. Uh, Miz and Morrison, they don't really gain anything by winning, but they don't really lose anything either. Um, so so there it is. And plus, it, it kind of it, it also boosts Damian Priest's profile as well. Uh, next match, we have the the Raw Tag Team Championships, the, the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods defending against AJ Styles and Omos. Omos. Um, I think AJ Styles and Omos are going to win. Um, there's no reason why why they shouldn't. Uh, New, New Day has won the belts like 11, 12, 31 times, so what's another loss for them? Um, next match, we have Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. My prediction is who cares? Nobody who my, my prediction is one who cares. And number two, Shane McMahon is going to jump off the cage, but we have to pick a winner. My, my prediction is ultimately Braun Strowman is going to win. Who cares? Let's move on. Next match, we have Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Um, it's going to be a hell of a match. Hopefully Cesaro can bust out the UFO because he's, he, he's done the UFO the UFO maneuver where he spins his opponent on his shoulders free-handed. It's, it's, it's amazing. Hopefully we can see him bust out the UFO in, in, in this uh, pay-per-view. I think Cesaro should win. I think he will win. 
Um, so that's my prediction. And the next match, we have the tag team turmoil match to determine the number one contenders for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match on night two. So we have uh, four tag teams, the tag team of Lana and Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina. Another match where I don't really care who wins, but I got to pick somebody, somebody for predictions. So I'm going to go with Lana and Naomi. I think Lana and Naomi are going to move on and beat Shayna Baszler and the other one uh, to win the NXT, NXT, to win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, and I think it's going to, you know, cap off the whole Lana, Shayna Baszler, and the other one's uh, storyline from that's been, that's been built for months, where Shayna Baszler and the other one, you know, bullied Lana. And you know Lana's gonna get they're gonna get their comeuppance and Lana's gonna get her her big win in the sun. Yeah, it is what it is, whatever, you know, cool. <clears throat> you know. And, and hey, don't get me wrong, I like Naomi. Naomi's an incredible athlete, but you know, she can do better than than being in the women's tag team division. But then again, the the, the women's tag team division on the main roster, they need people to justify the exist the existence of those belts. So she's gotta do what she has to do. All right, and lastly, to wrap up here, we have WrestleMania 37 Night 2 predictions, which will take place on Sunday, April 11th. Uh, Carl has has provided his predictions uh, for Night 2. Uh, so um, let me see. Uh, for the Shayna Baszler and the other one versus Dana Brooke and Mandy versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, uh, Carl predicts that Danny Brooke, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose will ultimately win the the WWE Tag Team Championships. Good pick. Hey, not arguing with that. My pick is Lana versus Lana and Naomi, but doesn't really matter who wins at the end of the day. Uh, next match, we have the WWE United United, United States Championship. Uh, Matt Riddle defending against Sheamus. I would not be opposed to seeing to seeing Sheamus win. However, much like Carl, I also predict that Matt Riddle is going to retain the U.S. Championship. I think that I think that he should. Uh, Sheamus and Matt Riddle, they've had bangers of Matt. They've had it's like a series of banger banging matches um, uh, on, Monday, on Monday Night Raw. They do have they do have remarkable chemistry in the ring, so I think that they're going to have another standout match at WrestleMania uh, this Sunday. Uh, next match we have Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Um, I also predict that Kevin Owens is going to win too. Um, Carl also predicts that Kevin Owens is going to get the win. Uh, next match we have the Fiend versus randy orton uh my prediction is this is this is another who cares scenario but i gotta pick somebody um i i pick the kentucky fried fiend to, uh, to win this match we're gonna and and carl also predicts bray wyatt winning the match too we're gonna see a bunch of shenanigans black goo like papa shango um i think we're, i Bray Wyatt's probably going to bring back the holograms, the, the the dumb holograms in the ring. We're going to see like holograms of like insects and bugs all over the place. We're going to see some fireballs. Um, Alexa Bliss is going to shoot another Hadouken, Hadouken, and Randy Orton's face. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. This, this, the, the whole, the whole fiend Orton, Alexa Bliss. It, it's just a live action cartoon. And a pretty bland one at that. I I I I think that it would be better if the fiend fiend and Bray Wyatt was a firehouse Firefly Funhouse match, 
So that can actually be the deconstruction of Randy Orton's career, much like last year's uh, Firefly Funhouse match was the deconstruction of John Cena's career. That would have been a better approach, but, you know, it's whatever. Uh, next match, uh, we have Big E defending the Intercontinental Championship against Apollo Crews. Um, well, Carl predicts that Big E's going to retain. Uh, my prediction is that Apollo Crews, you know, Nigel Nige Power, represent, is going to win. I think that um, Apollo Crews has to win this match. Because, you know, if, if, if Apollo Crews doesn't win this match, then he then what 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 was the point of him reinventing his gimmick what was the point of him tapping into his roots so basically tapping into his roots means nothing if he doesn't walk away with the big w if he doesn't walk away with the ic belt so apollo cruz has to walk away as the champion that's my prediction biggie uh biggie's gonna put uh, apollo cruz over i think biggie can uh can move on to bigger pat to bigger pastures and kind of you know you know, kind of, you know, be built, start developing um, his own his own way towards being a, a, a higher card player. I think that by next year, Biggie's is going to be a, a, in the running for the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship if he's still on SmackDown. But Apollo Crews, his, his championship reign is going to start at WrestleMania 37. Uh, speaking of championship matches, we have Asuka defending the Raw Women's Ch Championship against Rhea Ripley. Um, uh, Carl picks Rhea Ripley. I too predict Rhea Ripley is going to win. Um, there's no reason why 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 you're going to go through the trouble of having Rhea Ripley uh, come to the main roster and lose two consecutive WrestleMania matches, championship matches. Um, that does absolutely nothing, and I mean nothing for Rhea Ripley. I think that I think that if if Rhea Ripley loses against Asuka at WrestleMania, it's going to be a complete and utter burial of, of her gimmick. And it's going to, it's going to take, it's going to take moving heaven and heaven and earth to get her back to being seen as a serious competitor. So to avoid all of that, have Rhea Ripley beat Asuka definitively at WrestleMania for the, for the Raw Women's Championship. And last but not least, to wrap up, we have the triple threat match for the WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, defending against Edge, the, the Men's Royal Rumble winner, and Daniel Bryan. Now, this match for me is hard to predict because you can make a solid case as to why any, if any of these three men should walk away as the next Universal Champion. Um, Carl's prediction is that Roman Reigns is going to retain. Uh, for me, I'm going back and forth, man. Um, I don't, I don't think that Daniel Bryan's going to win, only because it's, uh, it's going to be a repeat of what we, what we've seen at WrestleMania 30 back in 2014. You know, Bryan has already has had his big moment, you know, as, as the, as the conquering babyface hero champion. So I don't really see too much value in putting the Universal Championship back on Brian, or putting the championship on Brian rather. Uh, for Edge, um, for Edge, I think that for him this will solidify or complete his arc, his redemptive arc, 
you know, coming back from, uh, from after a nine year absence, you know, after being told that he would never wrestle again, but defying the odds coming back at last year's Royal Rumble, um, having a series of matches against Randy Orton, winning this year's uh, men's Royal Rumble match from number one, from the number one slot. Um, I think that, I think that there's every reason that Edge should win uh, the Universal Championship. There's every reason why he, there, there's every reason why he should win, you know, by 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 any conceivable conceivable measure. So it's hard. Um, but on the other hand, you have Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, the head of the table. Uh, Roman Reigns, who has who has never been this interesting at any point during his babyface big dog run um, prior to his heel turn. Uh, ever since Roman Reigns reinvented himself as the tribal chief and has got Paul Heyman as his advocate, um, Roman Reigns has been a hell of a hell of a storyteller. He's been a hell of a heel. Um, he he has been one of the reasons why SmackDown is a tolerable show, unlike Monday Night Raw, which is always unwatchable. Um, Roman Reigns has really put in work. I think that he's been dominant he's been booked in all the right ways i think that him losing the universal championship um i think that eventually i mean of course roman reigns is going to lose the championship at some point but the the question for me is is this the right time is this the opportune time to remove the head of the table is this the opportune time to dethrone the tribal chief? And and as much as much of a compelling case as Edge has to win the championship, I don't think it's his, it's his time. I, I I I really don't think that Edge. I really don't think that Edge needs the belt. I don't think he, I don't think he needs the universal championship at least at this time. So my prediction, as tough as this is, I got to pick one. I'm going to agree with Carl. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns uh, to to ultimately retain the Universal Championship. Because I think that Roman Reigns, he should definitely hold on to the championship for the majority of this year. I think that, um, uh, man, when did, when, did he, when did he win the Universal Championship? I'm, I'm actually going to go on Wikipedia for a moment, and I'm going to take a look at when he won the belt. Uh, let me see. Universal title. Um, so Roman Reigns, he won the championship on August 30th of last year. So SummerSlam, when that comes out this, this August, it's going to be a year uh, since Roman, Roman Reigns has won the belt. I think that I think that Roman Reigns, he should have he should have a reign that that goes be that that goes beyond SummerSlam. My prediction is that Roman Reigns is going is going to not only should but is going to hold on to the universal championship for the rest of 2021 and going into 2022 and i think that next year's wrestlemania is when roman reigns should drop the universal championship and i think ultimately it should be against big e because i think that big e should be that next uh, underdog babyface who next year can can actually prove much like Kofi Kingston before him why he is worthy 
of being the next top dog, the next top champion, the next top babyface to lead the blue brand. So my ultimate prediction is that Roman Reigns is going to retain. Two, Roman Reigns is going to hold on to the Universal Championship for the rest of 2021. And Roman Reigns is going to drop the Universal Championship to Big E at WrestleMania 38 next year. So that's my prediction uh, for WrestleMania weekend. So we have uh, TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, WrestleMania 37 uh, coming up. So those are my predictions. So who, like I said, whoever wins, whoever has the most uh, most uh, correct predictions will force the losers to, uh, to watch a film of their choice. And I do have some picks in mind. And Carl, Carl is going to love love what i have in store for him <laughs> oh yes he will yes he will he's gonna have to go back to therapy with the movies that i'm gonna pick for him so yes uh so there so that that's it for for victor's corner this week uh thank y'all thank y'all so much for watching and tuning in um be sure to catch us next week uh we're gonna we'll probably get into um, our thoughts about uh takeover and wrestlemania um we may or may not have an have an episode with the UWO uh, joint episode, but you know we'll see. Um, yeah, so check us out uh, as always. You you know where to find us. You can find us all over uh, uh, wherever you find podcasts: Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, where you can hit us up with that five star review. Um, Google Play. Wait, does, is Google Play still a thing? Uh, oh, I don't know. iHeart iHeartRadio iHeartRadio is certainly a thing. A thing you can find us there. You can also find us on social media at, at, at Twitter at Codex Primecast and Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast. And we also air our episodes live on Facebook every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that again, that wraps it up for Victor's Corner this week. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. As always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds.